0: We want to talk right
1: down to that in a language that everybody here can easily understand. I'm not happy. I'm going to be honest, I'm not happy. Nate, I'm not happy. And I'll tell you why. Because the Cats lost on Saturday. We have a bye week this week, so I have nothing to look forward to. You just
0: got to sulk in the loss. I have
1: to sulk in the loss. Yeah. And that's and that's exactly what we're gonna talk about here today. And I'm not gonna waste any time jumping around it. I'm calling settle along with Nate Gray here that is settling the score on Wildcat 919. New music now. And I'm gonna be flat out honest with you right now, Will Howard is the reason that we lost this game on Saturday. And I, I don't think you're gonna be able to change my mind. And I know that people are are and I and, and it was me myself. I said it, you know, over the last few weeks, he's this young guy, he's 19, true freshman coming in in just un- unfortunate circumstances, you know, and, and, and all that good stuff. But at the same time, the mistakes that he made on Saturday, in my mind, I just don't think, you know, I don't want to say that they're not excusable, but... Jeez, they're man. pretty bad. When you're overthrowing receivers the entire game, you have just terrible ball security. When you're trying to take the lead towards the end of the game, it just and 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 here's the thing that upsets me more: is the defense played the best that it has played all season so far, holding Oklahoma State one of the best th- offenses one of the, country. the best offenses in the entire country to 13 points mm-hmm. on offense. The, when they average what like 40 35 40 some points yeah, a game yeah it's ridiculous to have to have you not only not only you know i don't want to say let your offense down but also let your defense down as well that played just extremely well yeah through that entire game i think i think is just is just abysmal on my part on you know on on not not my part on his part i i just think you know you got to have balls that's that, that's an easy that's a number, day one thing that you learn is when you run with the ball whether whether you're a running back or you're a lineman with the loaf of bread carry you carry that thing high and tight mm-hmm. especially when you're going up and through the line when all those linemen are there trying to pop that ball out you got it you have to hold on to the ball and i know that there was wind and i know that you know conditions weren't necessarily the best for a quarterback especially with that with that south to north wind there but Jeez, man! When you when you have the ball at your own what, what were they at the like twenty five or twenty 15, something like that? 20, 25 yeah, yard line. I think it was around the twenty five. Blake yeah. Lynch was hitting fifty five yard field goals in warmups. You have the wind at your back. Yeah. At this point, you're going with the wind. You you let the team down. Will yeah. Howard let this team down on Saturday? And that's not to say that, you know. Coaching decisions here and there, and that's something that I wanted to get into here later, here in a bit. But that's not to say that, you know, coaching decisions are not to blame either, because I think that they are. I think going for two earlier on was a mistake, and then the onside kick was another one of those where I necessarily didn't agree with, but I understood why they did it, but... And, and I, I don't want to put it down to one play because there's so many other plays that can be made. The fact that we went three and out four straight times in the third quarter, that's not acceptable. I just... Will Howard is the reason that we lost this game. Well,
0: and here's what I think. they He made... He did not play well. He played pretty bad. Um, but I also, I also really cannot understand the coaching, like the offensive play calling, because... They didn't. So they don't have they don't have confidence in him throwing the ball, and it's very apparent. Um, so that the fir- the first thing that I didn't like the first thing that I didn't like is that they don't um, they obviously don't have confidence in throwing the ball. Yet they continue to have him throw it downfield. They continue to call plays where he was throwing it 20, 30 yards down the field. He forced some balls into like he he threw one ball up to like Deuce Vaughn. And it was like he was like expecting him to like moss him or something. It was yeah, like it was, no. It was like him or Phillip Brooks. Yeah, something it was like it was like no. He's like nothing. five foot five. Yeah. He's not gonna moss him.
1: Into like, double give coverage. Me a, give me a break. Yeah. Something something that he did against West Virginia yeah. quite a bit as well. And yeah. I Got picked off and twice by throwing it into double coverage.
0: Now and that's not all on coaching. But what I what I don't understand from coaching is it's become apparent in the West Virginia game and in this game that. Deuce Vaughn is not a secret anymore, and teams are scheming to stop him, yet we're continuing to run the same things. It's like, yeah, Will Howard doesn't have the best arm downfield, probably not the most accurate, he may, might not be the best decision maker, but for whatever reason, they're not giving him these high-percentage throws. They're not, let, they're not calling plays um, to give him these five, ten-yard passes. If they let him throw the ball to the sticks, to the first down marker, he could be really good. They just need to give him high percentage throws. And they're not. They're either running the ball, they're running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, getting in third and long and making him push it deep. And it's like that's just not a recipe for success. I think he's set a, up for failure on offense. I
1: agree. I agree. I think it's the same thing that you look at in the NFL right now with, with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens is you know, and and they're still a good team and they're still a successful team. But you know, and this is something that that I brought up last season as well, is you know once you once you see it, and once you've seen it, as in like you played against it, and you've schemed against it, and you you know it, you've seen it. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be able to stop it again. It's not going to work as successfully year two as it will year one when mm-hmm. no one was ready for it. Yeah. and I think that's what's happening here is no one was ready for Deuce Vaughn, and no one had an answer for him throughout yeah. these first few weeks. But then, once you start playing these West Virginias, these Oklahoma states, you know, even even Iowa State here in two weeks, you know, they're going to be ready for it. They're going to have seen it and they're going to prepare for it because they've seen it before and they know how to prepare for
0: it. Well, and what's ridiculous is, I mean, you're seeing teams load the just load the box against him. They're putting eight or nine guys in the box, and we're doing we're just running up the middle. It's like, are we really so unaware to where the defense is showing us what they're going to do? And we're doing the same thing. It's like people are prepared. That these other teams are coming in and they're they're preparing against Deuce Vaughn, and we're still doing the same thing. It's like you have to be able to adapt to win. You have to be able to give them something they haven't seen before. And I think, I think Will Howard. It, so the blame is definitely on him. The way he held onto the ball, or lack thereof, I guess. The way he didn't hold onto the ball, um, but. He was not set up for success the way the offense. No. Right to go th- to go three and out three straight times. That was three or four straight times. That was that was coaching because that was just they were just calling awful play calls.
1: Well, I have I have two examples for you here. So, first off, whenever neen comes into the game, they're gonna throw the ball. It's gonna be a play action. They run the there's, little there's pl- play action no, bootleg no to the right or the left. Mind. Yeah. When Jack Stanine comes into the game, it's going to be a play action because Mason Barda is the blocking fullback. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be the guy that's going to go at it because he's not as fast. He's not and that's nothing against him. Jax is just faster than he is, which is why they put him out there. Now, I d I don't know, you know, where, where the catching ability comes into into play, but in my in my opinion, from what I've seen, Jack Stanine is faster than Mason Barta. So when they bring in Jack I know that there it's either gonna be a play action. Or they're gonna give the ball to him outright. There's just there, there's no doubt in my mind, and that's that. That's the first example. The second example is again they bring Jackson in, but not only Jackson Neen, they bring in Harry Trotter and Deuce Vaughn, and yeah. they run that little the little, the diamond, little set. diamond set. Yeah. And it's that it's that outside sweep mm-hmm. or it's the quarterback keeper. Yeah, and it doesn't. You know, you can go either side with it. I think because what they put. Deuce behind, they have jacks on one side and then and trotter, trotter on the, on the other. other. Yeah. And they can run it either way. That they yeah. and that's and that's the best part about it. Is you can run that any way that you want. But when they come out in that formation, you know, and and it's just whether you're sitting on a couch or, you know, you're you're up in the booth calling the game, you know what's about to come. You mm-hmm. know what's gonna happen. And that's when they load the box with eight players and have literally no one up top. They're running, you know, the four six Chicago Bears 1985 defense, mm-hmm. where they have they have no one up top and everyone's in the box because they know that you're gonna run the ball yeah. and they're preparing to stop it.
0: Yeah, and they're doing those little bubble zone, um, the the zone run blocks on the on the outside too. Because you see on the plays, the plays where they they just toss it off, they just dump it off to him on like the first read, uh, like five yards behind the line of scrimmage, where you see two or three corners right there. Um, just because they're even scheming the corners to prepare for those, so yeah, man, it's just like, like, like the last year or two that Snyder was a coach, he was so predictable, and like it was, it wasn't just because like the play calling was necessarily bad. It was just like he had been doing the same thing for so long, like everyone knew it was going to happen, and it's like you're kind of seeing that now. You've seen it this year where it's like we have talented players and our entire offense is player in deuce Vaughn. we have some other good guys but deuce Vaughn is the guy that they're running the offense through and it's like you can scheme to stop one guy so it's just like it's just really annoying to watch and really like just i just it's Ridiculous. I mean, you, you, you got to be able to adjust to this stuff. So,
1: I wanted to hit on the point that you brought up about like outside runs, which I think you know, which can be successful. We have the running backs that have the speed to get to the outside, yeah, they can stretch it. But, you know, looking <clears> at <throat> a guy like Cooper Beebe, who's a redshirt freshman, you know, arguably, arguably the best offensive lineman on on this team right now, you know, as, as a redshirt freshman. But here's the thing Cooper <laughs> Beebe is six foot three, 326 pounds. That's a big body with not a lot of, you know, height to yeah. to have to move yeah. to get around to get that block on the edge. Yeah. So cuz like you can't you can't just straight up try and zone block that. You have to get a reach around the mm-hmm. outside to where you can get that that hook block to where the running back can get around you and not have to worry about a holding call. Yeah. And that's just yeah. It's it's unfortunate. I wanted to uh you know, I'll, I'll get into some stats here, but before we do that, thank you here for listening in. This is Settling the Score. I'm calling Settle along with Nate Gray here on Wildcat. 91.9, new music now. Now, let's get into the stats here. Will Howard, 10 for 21, 143 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Only one. He also led the team. You could count
0: that fumbles and an interception. He threw it to the other team, basically. So that's Yeah, essentially. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Howard also led the team in rushing yards. He had fourteen carries for 125 yards and one touchdown. I think his longest was a 69-yard uh, run. Harry Trotter yes. also, I believe, he had nine carries for 43 yards. Deuce Vaughn had somewhere between nine and twelve carries for 40 yards receiving. Sammy Wheeler, uh, tight end, coming in for the injured Briley Moore, led the team with one reception, 58 yards. Big play, yeah. Big play, yeah. And then ultimately that a fumble, the fumble, yeah. yeah. Oh well. Uh, Philip Brooks, two receptions, 29 yards, and a touchdown. And then Jax Denine, as we were talking about, four receptions for 35 yards. And I believe all of those receptions were on that little play-action boot, which I, I love. I yeah. love the play, but, you know, like we were just saying, it's, it's just so predictable. I didn't uh, – actually, I can I can get defensive stats real quick here. Leading the team in tackles, Jerome McPherson, seven solo tackles. White Hubert had five tackles, two and a half sacks three and a half tackles for loss. Elijah Sullivan had seven tackles. Keandre Thomas, who kind of came out of nowhere. He almost had an interception there Mm -hmm. uh, in the corner, which was, it was this close. That was a great play. It was this close. He almost got that foot in bounds, which would have been just monumental because I believe they got a field goal on that drive. So preventing three points there would have been absolutely massive. And then Justin Hughes had six tackles. Uh, Cowboy Doe and then everybody else down below three tackles and less, uh, but yeah I think you know defense was flying around. Chuba Hubbard had like twelve. He barely touched the ball. Twenty yards.
0: Well, he like and it was like it was surprising. Like they have some other really good running backs. LD Brown. Because they they oh. barely gave him the ball. He Chuba was on the sidelines for most of the game. It felt like six
1: carries for thirty one yards. LD Brown had fifteen carries for one hundred and ten yards, but two of those. I believe, were just massive, like, 50-yard runs. Yeah. So, I mean, you take away those broken plays, those big plays that obviously you need to eliminate no matter what, you know. He, he has probably, I don't know, 12 carries for probably closer to, like, 50, 60, 70 yards, mm-hmm. which, like, is still decent, but at the same time, yeah, as long as it was a 50-yard run, and that was uh, after we punted, I believe. It was, like, our third three and out of the third quarter, and we punted it to him. They had the ball at, like, the 51, 52, and then he broke it loose, yeah. and they got tackled at, like, the 1. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate. You know, the Cats came out hot. You know, you come out. Defense plays really well. You force a fumble. Obviously, you're not – you know, they didn't, they didn't recover that, which would have been tremendous as well. You know, yeah. instead of starting with the ball on your – what would have been, 55 – 40 yeah we started on the other end on the other end of the field. End of field, you with start with the 20. ball on like the 15 yeah, yard line that's yeah. a massive massive shift mm-hmm. right there but we ended up getting a field goal out of that and then another field goal and then we score in the second half and then the decision came do you go for two to make it a 14 nothing game or risk having it be a 12 nothing game or do you kick the extra point in my opinion I do not agree with the call. And obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And I know statistically it says you should go for two, you should onside kick it, you should go for it on fourth down. Like, all the all the statistics are like you have a better chance of winning the game if you do all those things. Mm-hmm. But in a game like this where your team struggles in the red zone to, to get into the end zone, where a week ago, you know, you were talking about wanting to be more aggressive and whatnot, and I understand the play call from that perspective. But against a team... Where your defense is playing extremely well, I just I I understand it, but at the same time, I just think I think going up thirteen to nothing is just the better situation to be in because that's still you're still at a two point game, and I just I think I just think having that one extra point is better. I think twelve is just a very weird number to have in a in a football game and I don't like it. Mhm.
0: I actually I actually I actually like the call. And even though they didn't get it, like you said 20 2020, I like the decision um, just I don't know. It also gives I feel like it also gives a struggling offense a little confidence. You know, it shows the coaching staff trusting them. But I don't know. I I personally do think it's smart um, to try and go for two in a situation like that. Um one thing I thought of too is I mean the difference between being up 12 and being up 13 and obviously came down to the end and there was it was a different it was a big difference. but um, the difference between being down 12 um, and being down 13 is really not that big of a difference because say we say we opened up the next half um, down 13 0 and they just scored two touchdowns and kicked extra points both times, and they're up 14-0 versus up 14-12. And I know that's not what happened. They ended up going up 13-12. to um, But based off what I would think through in that situation, I would say the difference between 12 and 13 isn't that great. Send them out there, and uh, let's go for two. And I know Snyder would never do that. I mean, oh, heaven no. forbid, oh, goodness, no. he goodness. <laughs> he'd be down two points, and he'd probably still <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kick the extra point. Yeah, but oh, um, we I, you, I <laughs> – no, I, I actually don't mind the call, and I think one thing me and my uh, me and my roommate always talk about when we play Madden, we play a Madden Ultimate Team, um, is you always go for too early because you might need it later in the game. If you're gonna have to get it at some point, why not get it early? And they didn't get it at all. So either time, they either were time, over two. they were over two. Over so seven. it's tough, um, but I like the I like the gamble. I, I, I really like the call. I respect it. Yeah. I just
1: don't agree with it. I understand mm-hmm. it, but I don't agree with it. Moving on to the third quarter, then the Cats, Jeez, They four, stunk. Four straight three. They stunk. Yeah. That is just a beautiful yeah. way to put it. They gave up 13 points in the third quarter. Now, they didn't just a big old goose egg. What's
0: funny is, so... Anyone who anyone who's listening who's been a Cats fan their whole life was probably in the same situation I was in because after the game lots of people asked me they were like so what would you think of the game and I, all of them I said I'm not surprised and they were like oh you have no hope you had no faith in this team I was like no it's about. It's I had lots about. of I had yeah. lots of yeah. faith in this team especially at halftime I was like I had lots of faith but being up 12-0 at halftime we could have been up 25-0 and I, I still agree. would have gone uh, I've seen this before. <laughs> I've seen I've seen this game before with the cats. <laughs> seen him play number two TCU. Seen yep. him play number two or three Baylor. Yep. Seen him do this lots of times before, and it always kind of ends up being a close game whether they win or lose. I mean, I've seen him see him saw him do it last year against Oklahoma. They won, but yeah. they still made it a lot oh closer than it could have been. So it's like. I've seen this before. And everyone was like, oh, so you don't have any faith. I was like, no, I have plenty of faith. About, I just, you know. I'm not surprised that we blew a lead like that because I've seen it happen before. I, I have seen us shut down in a half like that, shut down in a matter of a quarter, and then try to pull something out of the end and it just be too little, too late. So, yeah, not surprised.
1: Spencer Sanders was 14 and 23 for he 108 was, yards. He was bad. He was not good. He was, and he got, he got, wasn't, he wasn't he got destroyed as... oh, yeah. by that defensive line. Oh, yeah. The yeah.
0: defensive line looked good. Great, yeah, yeah. That was that didn't, was really fun to watch. Didn't look as bad
1: as Brock Purdy, and I, you know, and we had to, we had Scott from the Boscos Boys on. Uh, uh, I think two and a half weeks ago at this point. Uh, he's boy, he's boycotting corn until the uh, the Iowa State game, and I think I'm going to join him on that. So okay. no corn till Farmageddon.
0: That might be tough.
1: I'm not a huge. I'm corn not a huge guy anyways, corn guy. But but I've had say, some good I corn before I and if I, I, I have like if I have
0: if I have an opportunity to eat some good like <laughs> cream corn in the next week or two I'm not going to pass it up. So
1: Oklahoma State put up 13 points in the third quarter like we said and then moving on to the fourth oh boy when everything kind of hit the fan, the Goodness. fumble and
0: see that was one of those plays. That was one of the the oh. only plays in my life that I've watched. Like, without, like, I didn't react. Like, I just kind of stood there and just watched it happen. And the people who were watching it with me were kind of, were like, you know, like, cussing and freaking out. And I just kind of, like, watched it because I was like, this is so, like, typical. Like, so why? Like right. of course. <laughs> like, of course this happened to us. Like, who else would it happen to but K-State? Oh like, gosh. just the most, like, weird, broken, just stupid play. So And then
1: the cats decide to go for the onside kick. And... You know being you're down two you don't convert the two-point conversion which would have made this a very much more interesting game if they converted that that two-point conversion which yeah. would have been because then Oklahoma oh, State would have yeah. just gone and ran the ball yeah. and we would have got yeah. a three and out they would have had to throw I think it would have been a, a, a more fun game yeah I think it would have been a better game in my and and this was you know this was a good game I'll say that this was a good game but it would have been a better game I think I think every game is better with college overtime
0: Absolutely. I
1: think I think it just makes things so much more exciting.
0: I think that's the only thing the NFL could add that would just make it perfect.
1: Yeah. Perfect. I thank you. I thank yeah. you for yeah. reciprocating that yeah. because I yeah. I I have a deep hatred for the NFL overtime. Rules. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. It is. It is. It's terrible. stupid. It makes no it's sense. So bad.
0: I like. It's like the the whole premise of and I know we're kind of off topic, but the whole premise of like well, both teams get the ball unless they don't. Is like just the stupidest thing ever. Like it's not sudden death, but if you score first, it is. So, yeah. but not a field goal, safety or touchdown. Then it's it's like that just doesn't make sense. But yeah, college overtime. I would I wouldn't have mind overtime. Could have had a heart attack. Probably yeah. would have, probably yeah. would have hurt myself a little bit. But I wouldn't have mind some some overtime.
1: I don't know, I don't think we're off time. I think it's a perfect segue. Well, did you watch the
0: the Notre Dame Clemson overtime I game? Did. That was exciting. That was see insane. college overtime. What makes everything better?
1: It makes everything better. <laughs> You know what else makes everything better? America's favorite segment. The Big Boy. Of Big the week. Boy of the Week coming up. Right after this, we're going to take a quick, quick 10-second break for some station identification. Don't go anywhere. Big Boy of the Week coming up next. You're listening to Settle the Score with Colin Settle and Nate Gray. Right here on Wildcat 919. New music now. Big Boy of the Week. It's not just my favorite segment It's not just your favorite segment America's It is not just America's favorite It is the world's favorite segment It's time for Big Boy of the Week But before before we get into The actual Big Boy of the Week I have a couple honorable mentions I I had a hard time Picking who I Lots wanted. of great choices There is There is a few good choices First honorable mention Goes to Shaq Lawson Yeah. Miami Dolphins. Yeah. That was a a good play. Five yard scoop and score for a touchdown against the Cardinals yesterday that helped them win that game. Yeah. Tua Tungavailoa won a game. He's here. Good for him. Good for him. Next honorable mention that I want to bring up former K State offensive tackle Cornelius Lucas finished yesterday with the highest overall grade of any tackle in the NFL. 86.1 and don't don't ask me what goes into the the tackle the, P, grades. the
0: ppf the, or yeah, I yeah don't, pro, pro football I, focus yeah, yeah i don't i don't know what yeah. goes
1: into it but cornelius lucas the highest rated tackle in the nfl former uh former kansas state just just big great. big old boy big old boy right there but he i don't want to say he hails in comparison but this week's Big boy of the week. You know, it's very, very seldom. You know, we're talking about uh, offensive tackles. It's very seldom that you see, you know, a defensive lineman can get touchdowns, but offensive linemen rarely get the chance. We saw Dalton Reisner do it. I believe in 2018. got called back, though. Oh, 18. Yeah. He scored. Yeah, he well, scored. he scored. Yeah. In my heart, he scored. Yeah. It's very, very seldom. You know, Dean Steinkuller. For Nebraska, with the with the end around, whatever that with the, mm. the fumble, Ruski. Fumble, Very, yeah. very seldom you get to see an offensive lineman score a touchdown, but this week we had one. Raquan O'Neal, six foot four, two hundred ninety six pounds. He's a junior for Rutgers. Congratulations to Raquan for this play right here. The entire ball game. Federal, another trick play. How about this? Throwing it back to the left to the big man, Raquad O'Neal, the left tackle. And you may have guessed, but that's his first career touchdown. This is the stuff, Brandon, I tell you what, that keeps you up. Big O'Neal is eligible on the backside as the end man on the line of scrimmage. Ohio State does not pick him up. It was one of those plays, it was a trick play where like, the quarterback fakes like a play action And the tackle is, like, eligible because they they load the line on the Mm -hmm. other side with, like, extra guys. So he's on the line, and he's eligible. And he, like, runs the guy back, so he's, like, behind the quarterback, so it's an eligible pass. And the quarterback just turns and dumps it. He was wide open. It was was beautiful. He didn't quite have the same celebration as Dalton Reisner. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you're going to be able to beat that. That man was... Chugging those legs as hard as he could <laughs> to get into the end zone, <laughs> and it was beautiful. But Raekwon Smith, the first one uh, of November, by the way. Mm. Since we had the uh, we'll note that, yeah. keep track. I, well, we'll have to keep track. I'll probably start. I'll start putting stuff out uh, on Twitter and whatnot. But going into you know, and I I wanted to you know we're still kind of talking about college football, you know, talking about. Rutgers and that Ohio State game. I wanted to get you know, of course, you'd love to have like predictions for this week, but the Cats are on bye week, yeah. so didn't really know what to do with Cats. But if you didn't know, how many how many weeks are in the NFL in in the NFL season right now?
0: Which week are we on?
1: Or how how many total are there?
0: There's seventeen.
1: Seventeen. What yeah. week are we in right now?
0: We're on nine. Oh, that's sad.
1: So last week was. Week eight. Week eight. We still haven't finished week nine. So some could say that we're about eight and a half. And what is seventeen divided by two?
0: Seventeen divided by two is eight and a half.
1: Eight and a half. We're halfway through the season. You know what that means. It is time for mid season awards. For the NFL. I didn't have a I didn't have like a sound effect. Like a song. Anything. Yeah, I didn't have a sound effect set up for that. Oh well. We're gonna go uh coach of the year first. Offensive Rookie of the, year, Coach of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and then MVP, mid-season MVP for for the NFL. It, it's it's been a while since we talked NFL as well. It's been it's been a few weeks. We talked some cats basketball. When that season starts up, we'll definitely get into that a lot more heavily. Talk some talk some volleyball. Uh, a couple weeks ago, but it, I think I think I would like to get to just a little bit more NFL talk in my life. I'll let uh, I'll go on ahead and let you do you do you have a coach of the year well, one thing I wanted mid-season? to add too, yes, that I,
0: I did forget to tell you before the show. Um I was reading somewhere about who the comeback player of the year should be. And Alex Smith. It's see it's, it's interesting. Smith. Because no, it's, like it's, it's, it's but it, it is like I would think be, but based off of what you have to overcome, easily Alex Smith. Easily but like easily. also Big Ben.
1: Big Ben just got fat.
0: Well, yeah, but he still he still <laughs> looks good. Like he came back and looks really good now.
1: <laughs> he looked he looked homeless for a mm-hmm. good for a good. He did. He looked like Yukon seven-
0: Cornelius from from uh, <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He had like the he yeah, had like the, the huge the beard ears. down to like his his like nipples. Like goodness, he had it. He had, it was PDs ridiculous. All the time. Yeah, no, yeah. he literally looked like Yukon Cornelius, like the silver and gold guy <laughs> from uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was ridiculous. I mean, who let this guy? I, I think it was. I think it actually was. He wasn't gonna shave until he played. Oh my because god! Because like he like because he was out like all of last year, and then he came like right before the season started. He had the gray beard yeah, that was yeah. like long and like frizzy, and then he shaved it all, and he, he's looking good now. He's a good looking guy, but no, I I do think Alex Smith. But I was just reading about that. It was kind of like an interesting comparison because it's like. Obviously, Big Ben has had, like, a better year this year because Alex Smith hasn't really played much. He's going to yeah, now. Yeah, but, but now with, yeah. with, with Dwayne Haskins Kyle Allen, and Kyle Allen Dylan, both Dwayne out. Haskins just sucks. Like, oh, yeah, there's he, no injury. Yeah, he just yeah, sucks. He and then Kyle Allen had another. Enough- what is it with the the Washington football team and just, like, gruesome leg? His wasn't that bad, but, like, no. he's still got, like, like cleated in the ankle, or like he still got like kicked it, in the it ankle. Like, like
1: it looked like he broke
0: it. It still looked like it hurt. It looked like pretty bad. Like <laughs> it wasn't injury. like That's it wasn't it like, like, like as gruesome as like the thighsman injury yeah. or Alex Smith or anything. But it, I mean, wh- that, that franchise just sucks. They're awful.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it's pretty
0: bad. Yeah, but yeah. I, I digress.
1: I'll let you. I'll let you go on ahead. And k- yeah, I I didn't know if we were gonna do comeback player of the year because I thought it would just be unanimous and it's gonna be Alex yeah, Smith, like yeah. no doubt in my mind or hopefully anybody else's if you if you have coach of the year in my I I have it all written out because I said coach of the year and you were kind of like oh
0: yeah um I think um I think coach of the year is probably gonna be either like Mike Tomlin or possibly Brian Flores because the Dolphins are like a good team like they're like they're not like like yeah. last year. We were like talking about the Dolphins as like the laughing stock of the league. Yeah. And this year they're like It's, an, it's the Jets. If the, Jets the if the, if the year end if the the season ended today, the Dolphins would be in the playoffs. Yeah. The Chiefs would be playing the Dolphins and in the, the first round. And the Eagles would be hosting a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, that's At a whole other problem. The NFC least. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other. Whole nother For joke. me,
1: yeah. Coach of the year, I had Mike Tomlin. I, I think, think it's one of those two. I think he's just doing the best job right now. Play calling. He's play calling wise, you know. Just getting people put in the right position. I just think he's doing the best right now. The Steelers are 8-0, undefeated, the only undefeated team in the league. You know, he turned a terrible offense last season into just this stellar...
0: Well, it's it's crazy because he went... I believe they went eight and eight last year, yeah. without like a quarterback, yeah. like Duck Hodges and yeah. uh, Mason Rudolph. I mean, they were both like they had like glim- glim- they had like Boodle's some glimpses man. of being like okay, but they kind of sucked for the most part. Yeah. Like for him to go eight and eight with like no quarterback is really impressive. And now you're seeing that if he gets a quarterback, he's a Big phenomenal ben, coach. Big Ben is yeah. back,
1: and he's looking good. And then you have the emergent because, like in my mind, it's like okay, you have Juju. You lose Juju's Antonio not Brown. That but he's good not.
0: anymore? Like he, this year has not been that good. But they you, have... know,
1: you know who is though? Chase Claypool and Deontay Chase Johnson and Deontay is like, Johnson that core is extremely so good. Yeah. Well. James Connor in the backfield plays really well. I'm not sure who the number two is.
0: Uh, t- uh, Samuel something I think. Because or... they
1: got they got rid of uh, what was his name? They uh, traded somebody. I don't red. remember. I know. See, I know. The thing. It's not right. I just know it's James. Yeah. James Connor's number one right now. Mm-hmm. And this this team looks good. I still, I believe uh, B.J. Finney, former Kansas State uh, Big 12 champion. Is he still on that? Is he still? On the I believe team? so. Yeah, I believe he plays either left guard or. Back to running back
0: is Jalen Samuels. Yeah, there that's you go. who it is. Yeah.
1: So yeah, this team, this team is good. This is a very, very good football team, and you know, it's it's weird that we say that, and then the last two games that they played have come down to one final play and their defense steps up and makes it.
0: The Steelers, I mean their yeah. defense is, crazy. their defense is phenomenally good. good.
1: Maybe not like the Bucks cuz I think the Bucks probably have one of the better if not the best defense in the they league. They sure didn't right show now. it last night. No, but... they didn't. <laughs> but up until that point I think I think having Michael Thomas back definitely helped. That yeah, regard, he didn't get a ton of targets, No, though. he had five catches for It was more just having a scheme for 50 him. yards, yeah. I believe, 45 yeah. yards, I think. So he didn't play too bad. He, he got reception. He didn't get hurt in his first game back. You know, you're not going to have, like, a Christian McCaffrey-type, you know, 41 fantasy point game where you come out and just light it up like you never even left for six weeks. But, yeah, in my in my opinion, Mike Tomlin's doing the best right now. He is just he's just killing it. Right now, just with everything the Steelers are doing, that's yeah. I think I think Mike Tomlin is in my mind mm-hmm. mid-season wise. I think so far, coach yeah, he's year. coach of the year. Do you have a offensive rookie of the year? I'm hoping that we get some uh, some disagreements on these.
0: I I think it's Justin Herbert, easily.
1: I'm also gonna go with Justin. I Herbert. think it's. I, I was him. really hoping you were gonna say Burrow. So no. we could have a, Burrow. So that we could have some some disagreements here. But Justin Herbert, 2,100 yards, 17 touchdowns, five picks. He has a QBR, I believe, somewhere close to 70. Joe Burrow, 2,200 yards, 11 touchdowns and five picks. His QBR is somewhere closer to 60. I believe. Now,
0: they're both very good. Yes. Now Burrow, the one thing with the one thing with the Chargers is. With Burrow versus uh, Herbert, his stat-wise, Burrow throws the ball like over forty times a game every game at least. So like he just they throw the ball so much with him, um, whether it's a good thing or bad thing. Like a lot of times he he he'll have like uh, he'll have an impressive number of yards, but it's like you look at the stats and oh he threw the ball fifty-five times. Well I guess that makes sense. So um, there's yeah I I think Herbert has been the overall better quarterback
1: though. I just feel bad. I feel really bad for the Chargers, and I feel really bad for Chargers fans. They're just—they're a cursed team. They're a they cursed can't win. franchise.
0: And it's—I don't think they're ever gonna win a close game until they go back to San Diego. I agree. I think they have to. to I think they was have the the move to. They have to—they have to play in San Diego for them to ever win a close go game. Go back to
1: San Diego. Bring back the powder blues and the dark yeah. navy blues. Those the, jerseys—they've the jerseys
0: been wearing this year are cool though.
1: I like them. Yeah. I, I don't like the yellow. The yellow pants. I don't
0: the, mind it. It's kind of old school. Uh, it's the old know. ones they wore. The blue, the all navies they wore yesterday were very
1: nice. They're very nice. very nice. I will always be a fan of the powder blues. And granted, I'm not the type of guy that gets excited about uniforms. And stuff I like think that. out
0: of the teams that got new jerseys this last year, other, other than the Bucks, no, I but, the about, Bucks I was, but the Bucks, but the Bucks brought back like their old ones, so I don't count them because they just brought back the old I, ones.
1: I was just about to say that I do. I love the, the red bus. on red though.
0: The red pants with the red jerseys—I think they're they're beautiful. But no, the Chargers are easily the best, and that's just—I don't know—it just feels very California, very Southern California. Yeah, they just I look good.
1: Go back to San Diego. They deserve make things. They, San
0: Diego deserves. I
1: want to go back in time to when like Wes Welker was still in the Patriots. <sighs> it's nostalgia, and you know. Who is uh? Gosh, who is Eddie? I want Eddie Lacy back. I want Eddie Lacy, the bowling back. ball running back. I, yeah, I want him back. He
0: was That's, the he had the clause in his contract, oh and when he signed man. with the Seahawks, right, that was like he had to lose had like to twenty lose, pounds yeah. in the off because he was so fat.
1: He, yeah, he weighed. And he was an offensive lineman he playing was, running he back. He was the exact same height and weight that I am right now playing <laughs> running back. He was like five eleven, six foot, like two hundred seven yeah. pounds. Yeah. Good. He was a big boy running the ball.
0: That's just that era of the NFL. I just love. Because it's like I my childhood. Yeah. I was yeah, talking yeah. to my friends because I was, I was joking. When I hear the CBS music on yeah, TV, yeah. it makes me feel like I'm sitting down to watch a 3 o'clock game, Chiefs and Chargers in San Diego. Like, the Christmas tree just went up. Like, I don't know. It just There's just the old school, like, San Diego. It's yeah. just fun. Like, watching games in San Diego. I I... I the San Diego Chargers is classic. They need to be back in San Diego.
1: I I just want I want them to be good. I just yeah. want competition in the West cuz like I like that just, the Raiders
0: are good actually cuz yeah. I I love I don't know why. There's just something that's so cool about the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Like the Oakland Raiders was like kind of broke and like just sounded great. Well, they like were just kind of like They were like they were good. They were okay, but they were like they were they used to be good, but they the fan base was kind of like, they were just kind of like a low tier. Like everything was just kind of like broke. It was just dirty. Yeah. It's in like, like dirty,
1: not that they were like a dirty city, but like dirty player. Like they were.
0: Well, and like the, the stadium was gross. Like the field, you playing on like a baseball field. Like you have the the pictures of the players running on the, the diamond on the field. I mean, like it was gross. And now like the Vegas Raiders is like like the Las Vegas Raiders is like, kind of like sexy. Like it's cool. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool. So I don't know. There's something cool, and they got the little Nevada patch on their jersey. I like, yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it that looks they, really they look cool. Good. Yeah, they look, I I, I, Josh, I love it.
1: Josh Jacobs is playing well. Max yeah. Crosby's playing well. You know, all these all these yeah, draft Derek picks. Carr has been like good. He's been he's been, he's playing been well. very good. Yeah, he's been playing well. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. They got a that stadium is so cool. Like everything about them is just cool right now. I agree. They're I they're agree. a cool that, team. That
1: Big like torch thing that they have. Yeah, the, like the it's, Al it, Davis. We're, yeah. yeah, we're getting yeah. off topic. On to defensive rookie of the year. I do you want do you want me to go first? Yeah. You, okay, I'll go. I'll go first here. I I had two guys in mind, but in my opinion, I'm gonna go with the Ravens middle linebacker Patrick, Patrick Queen. Queen. Yeah. Thirty eight solo tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss. I think he's just playing extremely well this season. He kind of I feel like guys like him and uh, Isaiah Sim Isaiah Is Simmons? Simmons. Yeah. Right. He's kind of fallen into. Like him, Jeff Akuda, all these guys that like went in like the top 15 aside from like Chase Young. Who's the other guy I have here? Chase Young has 13 solo tackles, three and a half sacks and one force fumble in the uh, the garbage fire division that is the NFC least. You know, whatever you want to say about that. But I think Patrick Queen has just been playing a lot, a lot better football, and I think it helps that he's on a better team like the Ravens. I really
0: wanted him to follow the Chiefs. Like I, I wanted him so bad. I wanted the Chiefs him. I wanted linebacker. him in Green Bay, yeah. but
1: you know yeah. we all saw what happened there, unfortunately. And and on, while we're on that topic, we still have not seen Jordan Love. They keep putting in uh, Tim Boyle whenever they're up. Like thirty point, like you were, you're yeah. up what thirty points against uh, San against San Francisco, yeah.
0: the lowly 49ers.
1: the lowly lowly. Yeah, They're, and that's the thing is like that division looks so good in the preseason. It
0: still kind of is. It
1: still kind of is. The Rams the, are pretty for, good. The, the Cardinals are, are pretty
0: good. And the Seahawks are pretty good. Uh, there's no there's there's no like se- like team that separated itself yeah, yet.
1: Yeah, it's like but, the, uh, like a polar opposite mm-hmm. of the NFC East. Yeah, but. You know, you see, you see Tim Boyle come out onto the field, and I'm like, "Well, what a waste of a pick! If you're going to yeah. take Jordan Love, yeah, and not even give him a chance, even when you're up by like thirty, you're going to win this game, and you're not even going to put the rookie out there. Like, are you redshirting him? What are you, what are you doing yeah. right now? It just, I initially didn't like the pick, then the pick grew on me, but now I don't like the pick anymore. If you're not going to use him. Then what? Then they just the
0: drafted point? him to piss off Rodgers. Yeah, I agree. That's, all, that's the only reason. And then they're, they're going <laughs> to yeah. trade him
1: away. <laughs> they're gonna yeah. They're going to trade Love away, hopefully. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see Aaron stay around and finish yeah. his four-year contract by the time he's, what, like 40, 41? Yeah. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I have Patrick Queen. I didn't know if you had any. I either.
0: mean, there's no there's no name that's really stuck out. I think Patrick Queen's been really good. So I, I'd agree. I don't really think there's been much separation among any. Yeah. There's, There hasn't been one guy that's just like, wow, he's. Crazy good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I know the Bucks have, like, a safety. Is it Antoine Winfield, Winfield or something? Winfield? Uh, yeah, Winfield? Who's, yeah, he's been good. Yeah. Um, There hasn't been, like, I don't no. know. There's There hasn't been one that's just, like, crazy good. Though. I agree.
1: Speaking of crazy good players, MVP, midseason MVP. But before we do that, thank you for tuning in here on Wildcat 91.9. New music now. You're listening to Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, along with... The beautiful. I like. You kind of look like a like a sexy librarian with those. Oh gosh! Don't today. say
0: it. that's that's disgusting. <laughs> that's disgusting. Not on air. Not on all
1: right, air. Well, too late. You know. Yeah. You're look, you're looking good though. You're looking good. I like your. Did you get a haircut? I appreciate it. I didn't. Oh no. Well, you look good. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we Are we did, gonna do offensive we, rookie y- of the year? No, we already did.
0: We did defensive.
1: No, we did odd because I said Justin Herbert. Oh.
0: Pff. What am I saying? <laughs> I was thinking oh no no I was thinking of something else. That's my We're bad. going That's we're fine. going off the rails, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. I'm right. losing it.
1: Speaking of like outstanding players, let's talk about mid season MVP. There there are a few guys in my mind that, mm-hmm. you know, were kinda there and I feel like they're the same people or the same guys that people continue to talk about. But I'll let you take this one away first.
0: Yeah, so I think there's three that have separated themselves. And I think if you've watched the NFL this year, it should be obvious, but I think I think Russell Wilson yep. is is number three in my mind. And I think there's there's separation between three and the top two. And the top two are Rodgers and Mahomes, yep. not in a particular order because yeah. I think they've both been really good. Um, I really can't – out of those two, I, I really – I really don't know. My bias makes me lean towards Mahomes. I think Mahomes has been really good, but Rodgers has been really good, too. So, I don't know. I think I think if I lean one way, I would say Mahomes, but I think it's very close, and I think it could go either way. So I, And I think Russell Wilson was closer before this weekend, because he played bad this weekend. And he would he be closer if he My
1: my mid-season MVP is Patrick Mahomes. I think he's he's just played the best. Mm-hmm. Out of any any of these guys, 2600 passing almost 2700 passing yards, 25 touchdowns to one interception. Yeah, 25 to 1.
0: That's ridiculous. Russell Wilson
1: roughly 2500 passing yards, 28 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Yeah. That's what that's what does it for the me. Picks
0: is what. Well. And he had four turnovers four this weekend cuz he had two or three two picks, picks and two fumbles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's what did it for me. And, you know, I probably, you know, I'm going to throw Aaron Rodgers in there as well. I'd probably put Josh Allen up there as well. Yeah, I'd say he's he's up there too. And jo- Josh obviously doesn't have as many, you know, t- I think he has 19 touchdowns. But he still has close to, I think, 23, 2400 passing yards. Yeah. He's on pace for, I believe, like 4200, 4300 mm-hmm. passing yards this season, which is which is phenomenal. Plus, you know he's he can run the ball, which which you don't see. You don't see a lot of dual threat quarterbacks as big as he is. Yeah, they can throw the ball as far as he can, and are also just as mobile as him. I think that's I think that's another you know big thing that stands out with with a guy like Josh Allen, who's a lot younger than some of these other quarterbacks. But yeah, the one thing with Aaron Rodgers, and <clears throat> I try and keep bias out of things is. The Bucks game, and
0: yeah, you know I was going to say that because I was like, that there's, there was, was only he's, that's the only game out of him and Mahomes that's, that either one has just had like a flat out just bad game. Yeah, yeah.
1: That game against the Bucks is what throws me off, Mm-hmm. and the reasoning behind that is the Bucks got smacked by Drew Brees. Yeah. Last like, night. what
0: are the Bucs? Like, they're just like, I can't figure are they, them out. Are they good? Yeah.
1: Are they lucky? Because the
0: Saints aren't great.
1: If, if the Bucks would have shut down Drew Brees and the Saints, I it would have validated Aaron Rodgers more. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Aaron Rodgers gets shut down, Drew Brees gets shut down, whoever else they play gets shut down. But the fact that they just got steamrolled by the Saints, who have looked questionable at best throughout parts of the season. Mm-hmm. With what losses coming from Green Bay and the Raiders? I think right. They only have two losses. Yes, they're seven and two. Yes, eight and six and two. Six and two. Six and two. Yep. Yeah, they already had their bye week. Six and two. That's what that's what throws me off, and that's what puts Mahomes ahead of Aaron Rodgers for me right now. And I don't I don't know if I'd put Aaron above or below Russell. They're kind of on the same level for me right now. It's all it's just the turnovers. With Russell, for me, you know, he just turns the ball. Oh, of, and, I mean, of course, he has 28 touchdowns, but, I mean, that's going to – the interceptions are going to come when you're throwing the ball that much, especially with guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who are the guys that are catching the ball on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind right now, Patrick Mahomes is the midseason NFL MVP. Just yeah. from the way that the Chiefs have performed, they're, what, 8-1 now? Yeah. Yeah. It, he's just he's playing.
0: And the Chiefs so have an well. easy schedule left. Yeah, I mean coming it's, out coming out of the bye might be one of their harder games. They got the Bucks. The two, first two weeks they got the the out at Vegas and at the Bucks, and then they play the Saints at some point in there. But I mean, other than that, yeah, the Broncos I, are a joke. Chargers are a joke. Falcons are a joke. Yeah, I mean, it's a, kind of a and cakewalk. I
1: I and that's kind of what I was getting at is I really want the West to be more competitive. Yeah, but I agree. It it just makes better. I like
0: the Raiders being good because it's the. I mean, the Raiders, you know, just being the Chiefs kind of classic rival. It's kind of it's kind of fun that they have like a like a rival back or a team that's it's it's good again in the division because for the last I forgot there was a stat I think it was this as of as of this last year before the year started the Chiefs were like. That, what were they like? Fifteen and one in the last sixteen games against the division divisional yeah, opponents. Yeah. Like it's like they just like there's no one in the division that hangs with them ever. So they had, yeah. they had one or two years in a row where they went six and zero oh against the division. Yeah. So it's just like yeah.
1: Mike Tomlin, coach of the year. I had Justin Herbert, offensive rookie of the year. Patrick Queen, defensive rookie of the year, and then Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. as midseason NFL. MVP, yeah, and I think I think that's a solid. I think you know if Justin Jefferson starts playing well, yeah, Jerry Judy could sneak up there. He had a great game Henry yesterday. Henry Ruggs, yeah. with the way that Derek Carr's been playing, I think I mm-hmm. I mean, if if the Cowboys can figure out their quarterback situation, Ceedee Lamb could work his way into that conversation. I think there's I, a lot of
0: very talented players that have already been like impact players. Yeah, that just haven't been like consistent. Yeah. Like Herbert's just been like a. And it's a. I mean, it's easy as a quarterback because your offense runs, lives, and dies (laughs) by you. So, yeah. yeah.
1: The last thing that I wanted to to hit on here before we sign off is I just wanted to pay a quick tribute to Alex Trebek. He passed away yesterday uh, at his home with his wife at the age of 80. He hosted Jeopardy! For thirty-six years, Jeez. since uh, since the revival of the show in nineteen eighty-four, uh, he lost his battle with pancreatic cancer, uh, which is, you know, it, it's it's like the worst type of cancer. Mm-hmm. The, the, you can get like the survival rate, I believe, for within a year is like five to seven percent, and it's it's unfortunate that. You know, we 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 lose we lose people like that. You know, people that I don't want to say don't necessarily need to to go through that that type of pain and whatnot. But Alex Trebek was was just He's an just icon, a, a pure a pure yeah. soul. Yeah, know?
0: he was he was great. And I, like I didn't I didn't watch Jeopardy a ton, but he was he was just such a great guy. And he was. T- Touch yeah. the lives of many. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: I I wanted to uh, I have a, I have a clip here of Stuart Scott the the ESPN great I can call him a great I think you can call yeah. Stuart Scott an oh, ESPN great pff, like absolutely. for sure he yeah, he's uh, a legend he won the career Ach- I believe it was the career achievement award mm-hmm. back in 2014 at the ESPYS uh, while he was also battling pancreatic cancer uh, during that year and he he said something during his speech that I just thought... It's like I, an iconic. I thought, I thought it was phenomenal, yeah. and I, I just wanted to play that real quick. I also realized something else recently. You heard me kind of allude to it in the piece. I said, I'm not losing. I'm still here. I'm fighting. I'm not losing. But I got to amend that. When you die, that does not mean that you lose to cancer. You beat cancer by how you live, why you live, and in the manner in which you live. So live, live, fight like hell. And when you get too tired to fight, then lay down and rest and let somebody else fight for you. I just think that that's, that's just the best way to put it. Yeah. Is you just have to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. And my condolences to the Trebek family. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, it just sucks. When you when you lose somebody like that, mm-hmm. I'm glad that he uh, that he was able to go, you know, peacefully. With he lived his a wife. long life. He, he was, lived. A, he was 80 80. years old. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did a lot. Long. He did a lot with his life. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, you know, pay pay just a little a little bit of tribute to him there, um, since it since it happened yesterday. I think that it was that it was only that it was only right. But cats, cats are on bye week this week, so no. Uh, and the
0: Chiefs are on bye week.
1: And the Chiefs are on bye week. I forgot about that. And as the well.
0: Cowboys. But who cares about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, whatever with the Cowboys. <laughs> but I, yeah. Is there is there anything else that you wanted to say before we uh before we send it off here, Nate? Man, it's it's, it's hard kind to, of a boring week this week. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of hard on. to to end it. I didn't want to end it on like a somber note or anything. I just kind of wanted to pay a quick tribute to him. Yeah, and um, everything that, that he was able to accomplish, you know, during his during his long run with uh, with Jeopardy. You know, that obvious obviously his his biggest thing, one of the most successful game shows of all time. Yeah. So
0: absolutely. No, I I mean I didn't really have anything. Nothing. Nothing at all. Cats are still. Cats are still just because we lost third place. We we can still make the title game.
1: You gotta be you gotta you gotta win out. That's we win that's out. that's what you gotta do. Out. You there's, gotta win out. Hold the faith. And I think I think we can keep the faith. Yes. Trust the process. That's that's really all that I have to say. Thank you all for tuning in here to settling the score on Wildcat 91.9. new music now. You can, uh, we're we're on Spotify under the same name. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Colin underscore Settle. Nate, are you are you a Twitter guy? I, like a I big have Twitter not been guy on Twitter or in just a while.
0: Not. No, I don't use Twitter anymore.
1: Facebook page, settling the score. You can find that there. Like I said on Spotify, well, we you know I've been kind of i mean kind of lax. Not lax. I've kind of forgotten to, to record episodes in the past, but we're working to uh, to get better with that. But With that being said, I thank everyone for tuning in. Once again, here to Wildcat 9191.9. 9191. What? (laughs) Wildcat 919. New music now, and we'll see you next time.